as for all of those things that give benefit to people all of those things that are of nafa of faida that are beneficial for people فَيَمْكُثُ فِي الْأَرْضِ They will remain on earth. It means that Allah Ta'ala will make them remain on earth. Allah Ta'ala will grant them perpetuity. They will last those things that are truly, sincerely of benefit to humanity. كَذَلَكَ يَذْرِبُ اللَّهُ الْأَمْثَالِ This is how Allah Ta'ala coins parables, makes examples for us to learn. So what Allah Ta'ala is talking about here is a very important lesson for us also to learn in this month of Ramadan that we must be of nafa to others. One is not to be of harm to someone else. Al-Muslimuna Al-Muslimu man salam al-Muslimuna min lisani wa yadi And this is that not only not to be of harm but to be of benefit to be of benefit to others. So the way that a person benefits someone else that is called their akhlaq and their adab. Akhlaq and adab means their characteristics, their manner, their interpersonal relations, their way of dealing, their way of acting, their way of interacting, their way of speaking, the way of managing difficult situations. This all comes out in a person's adab and akhlaq. Adab and akhlaq are not skin deep. Everyone will smile at you initially. Everybody is friendly and polite initially. Adab and akhlaq are what are discovered in a difficult situation in a testy situation, in a conflict situation, in a less than ideal situation, that's when it really is determined what a person's adab and akhlaq are. You will always love someone if they say something which is exactly agreeable to you. The question is, how do you respond if they say something disagreeable to you? That is the test of your adab and akhlaq. How do you react? Do you react? Do you respond? This is the test of a person. So Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he brought the most perfect the most perfect adab and akhlaq into this world. And he mentions in hadith that this is one of his purposes was to train people in maqalim akhlaq in the most noble and virtuous and honorable forms of character. And again that is all determined in difficult situations. You put 220 people together and see how they live with each other then you will be able to see their adab and akhlaq. You hear something that you haven't heard before from a different perspective, different than yours, different from maybe what you've heard from other ulama and mashaykh. How do you react? How do you respond? All of this is your adab and akhlaq. Do you panic? Do you react? Then do you backbite? Do you feel hostility? Do you feel enmity? So it means that the adab and akhlaq are just skin deep. We're just superficial. Getting along with those who are agreeable to you, there's no kamal, there's no wonder in that. 
What is the wonder in that? Hmm? Even the atoms can get along with other atoms to form molecules. You understand? Like water, H2O, that means two atoms of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen. They can get along with each other. <laughs> and they make a molecule which is called water. But we are becoming increasingly people that we can't get along with any other atom. Hmm? That's why the Ummah is no longer that big strong molecule that it was supposed to be. Hmm? Hydrogen atoms on one side and oxygen atoms on the other side and no water. Hmm? So strange. Hmm? This is the real test of adab al-akhlaq. And this is something that happens more, this particular training happens when people sit with the ulama and mashayikh. When first when they sit in gatherings, they will sit with people from different places, different backgrounds, different personalities, different habits, different tastes, different dislikes. When they sit with different ulama mashayikh, they will feel different things, multiple things. So the ability to benefit from multiple people, the ability to interact peacefully with multiple people is based on a person's adab and akhlaq. And if they don't have adab and akhlaq, then they can only be with their one sheikh and with their best friend, fellow murid, and that's it. They can't get along with anyone else and they can't be with anybody else. They don't want to sleep next to anyone else. They don't want to sit next to anybody else. It can even reach the stage that people in their salah, they don't like it if somebody prays next to them. Who they don't know. Like, oh, this person is praying next to me. Maybe he fidgets a little. Is your salah so weak that you notice the fidgeting of the person next to you? Oh, he put his feet next to mine. Oh, subhanallah. Huh? So he was doing it out of his view that this was correct. You should have accepted it with love. No, disturbed you. Huh? Why does his feet be touching mine? Hmm? Allah Akbar. Huh? I mean, this, I say no adab, no akhlaq. Can't get along with others. Hmm? Can only get along with one's own. This is a very big sign that people have lost this adab and akhlaq. Hmm? And when they lose the adab and akhlaq, then they fall into sins. Backbiting is a sin. Hmm? It's so strange. One sahabi asked the Kareem sallallahu alayhi that what if I'm saying is true? You know, we've been told to be truthful. It's haq, it's sidq. The Prophet said, if it's true, it's backbiting. If it's true, it's ghiba ashaddu min zina. If what you're saying is lying, that's namima, that's slander, that's even worse. So if it's true, it's worse than zina. Allah Akbar. Hmm? Now if I told you, imagine if somebody did zina while in sunnat itikaf. He would say, la hawla Zina while in sunnat itikaf. Hmm? So if somebody does ghiba ashaddu min zina. Even if what they say is true in Sunnah Itikaf, hmm? then Allah Akbar, because we don't have other, we don't have akhlaq, hmm? no tolerance, no hilm, tahammul, zarf. Last year, if you remember in Itikaf, on one of these nights, we gave whole bayan on this tahammul, hilm, and but still the people who were last year they couldn't learn the lesson. Remember, beyond is not about liking beyond. But, oh, I liked the beyond. There's nothing, that means nothing to us. Yes, I lived the beyond. That's something. Hmm? To change the K to a V. <laughs> I like the beyond. That means nothing. Unless you follow up and follow through. 
I lived the bayan after I heard it. What does it mean? So I heard bayan and tahammul and hilm. Ever since then, I've lived according to tahammul and hilm. That means forbearance. Hmm? I got others to like the bayan. It means nothing to me. I got others to live the bayan. That's something to tell me. Hmm? I lived it and I got others to live according to it. Hmm? I liked it and I got others to like it. Hmm? Are we some model of car that you're going to like us? Hmm? So no. These teachings have to be lived. So the lived practical teachings in, persons, in a person's personality, character, this is called adab and akhlaq. Adab and akhlaq. This is a very, 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 very major aspect of deen, major branch of deen. Our Mishnah explained like this, that a tree is known from its fruit. If you want to know how wonderful a tree is, a fruit tree, you pluck the fruit and eat it and see. Is it sweet? Is it succulent? Is it juicy? Then you will love that tree. And if that tree, if it was a fruit tree, so you kept it for that purpose, and you pluck its fruit and it's dry and it's not sweet, then you won't love that tree. And just like that for a person, a person is known by their akhlaq. A person is known by their adab, akhlaq and character. If a person has good akhlaq and good character, then that person will be beneficial to others. And if the person doesn't have good akhlaq and doesn't have good character, then Allah Ta'ala will not make them beloved to others on earth. Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said in a hadith that has been narrated by Imam At-Tirmidhi Ta'ala, Akmal al-Mu'mineen, Imanan, that the most perfect of believers in their Iman, that Mu'min who has most completed and most perfected his Iman, Ahsanuhum Khuluqa, is the one who has the most beautiful, most virtuous khuluq, means akhlaq, means has the best character. So it's part of our iman. So you see, when we work on iman, it's not just one particular thing. If I tell you iman is just zikr, somebody tells you iman is just jihad, somebody tells you iman is just this. No, iman is every single thing that is mentioned in Quran and Sunnah. Then a person has worked under iman. So in this hadith, Nabi Akram made it clear, Akmal Khuluka is the one who is the most virtuous in their character. Hmm? So this is a standard that Allah Ta'ala uses to assess our Iman. Allah Ta'ala will assess and value our Iman based on how good our Adab, our Khuluk, our character and manners are. So that means that we should also start assessing ourselves on the standard. We should also analyze ourselves on the standard. And we should try in these few days and left in Ramadan to make at least niyyah, intention that we want to, increase ourselves on the standard. Even this word seerah, you know when we talk about seerah Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, even the word seerah refers to a person's inner quality. Surah is his outward appearance. Seerah is his inner personality, his adab and akhlaq, his manners and character. So we talk about Seerat al-Mubarakah, Hayat al-Tayyibah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi sallam. It means the life events in which his wonderful personality unfolded. That's what Seerat means. It's not just plain history. 
Seerah doesn't mean history. Tarikh means history. Seerah means, means biography. Seerah means that record, it's a recorded history biography, but that account of the unfolding of the Prophet's personality and character that took place in the course of different events in history. That's what Seerah means. Allahu Akbar. So we're not just students of Seerah, we want to adopt that Seerah. We want to adopt those adab and akhlaq. We want to have those feelings and manners in our heart and in our personality. So this adab is a great blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you have good adab towards others, you will be loving towards them. If you have good adab yourself, others will be loving towards you. And like I told you in one of the earlier gatherings, love is about trust. Love is about goodwill. When you love someone truly, it's impossible to backbite them. When you love someone truly, it's impossible to have envy, jealousy for them. When you love someone truly, it's impossible to have doubts and suspicions about them. Because love doesn't allow such a thing. Love does not permit such things. So, it can be sometimes due to lack of adab and lack of akhlaq. It can also be lack of love. And you will see when people have true adab, true akhlaq, true love for mu'mineen, that it's the opposite of backbiting. They're engaged in goodwill behind their back. They secretly try to help them without known to them. They do something else secretly behind their back. They're people of goodwill, helping, praising, supporting. Allah Akbar. That was the way they believed. That's the level of adab and akhlaq. So it's not just admul ghiba, not just lack of backbiting. No, it's supposed to be goodwill, mutual support, help behind a person's back. That's called mu'mineen. How much do we see that? So much we see undermining, undercutting, castigating, putting down. At best we might find silence. Very rare to find support, encouragement, goodwill, secretly supporting, secretly encouraging, secret goodwill behind a person's back. Very rare. But that is called Islam. That is what Deen of Islam teaches, to have that level of goodwill to people. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in hadith narrated by Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, Rehmanatana's Musnad, he made a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this dua just captures everything. Hmm? Now me and you can make this dua in imitation. But the way the Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa made the dua is unique. Hmm? You will understand when I tell the dua. Allahumma ahsanta khalqi. That Ya Allah, you made my outward form beautiful. Fa ahsin khuluqi. Or you make my inward character beautiful. Now we can say that, but who knows how much outward beauty any one of us have. But Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had the most outward beauty. Allahu hmm? Akbar. So this was what did he say? But it was ta'liman that he was also teaching us this. فَأَحْسِنْ خُلُقِي It means have a concern. That ya Allah, we're people today, they're so concerned with the outward appearance. So many combs and brushes and mirrors. Allah hmm? Akbar. Huh? Even men. Sometimes in a masjid, if they put the mirror up, subhanAllah, huh? near the blue place, and you see how the men, they stop on the way in, the way out. Hmm? Allah Akbar. Hmm? So in everybody's own eyes, they are beautiful outward appearance. 
But the concern should be Allah Ta'ala make my batin, make my khuluq, akhlaq, adab, make my character virtuous. Husn. Lakan kana lakum fi rasulillahi uswatun hasana. So this was part of his beautiful model that he was concerned about his inner self. He taught us this dua. Allahumma ahsanta khalqi fa ahsin khuluqi. Allah Ta'ala you have made my just like you have made my outward form beautiful, make my inner character beautiful. So this is directly related to Imam. The better your adab and akhlaq, the more beautiful your Imam. The less beautiful your adab and akhlaq, the less beautiful your Imam. The more ugly and foul your adab and akhlaq, the more dishonest and disloyal your adab and akhlaq, the more ugly and foul and disloyal and dishonest is your iman. They're directly related to each other. Directly related to each other. Hmm? Then Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned in another hadith, also narrated by Imam Ahmad Rimulatullah's Musnad, Inna al-mu'mina yudriku bi husni khuluqihi darajat, which and indeed a believer, by means of his beautiful character and personality, reaches the daraja, the level of which person? Qa'imin layli sa'imin nahar. That person who spends the whole night praying and the whole day fasting, a person who has good akhlaq reaches that daraja. Allahu Akbar. So this is a very good hadith for us, because in Ramadan what we were doing, we were this sa'imun nahar. We were fasting during the day and at least you can say taraweeh and some part of the night we were also qaim al-layl and all of us know this is going to go away, right? In just few days fasting will be gone, taraweeh will be gone, for many people their tahajjud will be gone, their extra night worship will be gone. So if somebody says, how can I keep this daraja? How can I keep up this level after the month of Ramadan? Innal mu'mina yudruki bi husni khuluqihi. Yes, if you get noble character, you will always be like this. Hmm? Well, this is Hadith. And I may have told you, remember last year, that we feel that there is a very special feeling and power in the Hadith narrated by Imam Ahmad Rabdan as Musnad. Why? Because he was from Tabai Tabin. And Nabi Akareem Sallallahu said clearly that these are the three best generation is mine. Then the next and the next. And Imam Ahmad Ramtalai was one of the, what we call, Kibar Muhaddisin, one of the most senior Muhaddis of the Tabai Tabin. And his halaka, you can say, was the single most defining circle of Hadith learning. So the greatest center of Hadith learning, Imam Ahmad Ramtalai from his generation. So this, this captures, his Musnad captures the knowledge of Sunnah of this golden generation of Salaf Salihin. So this means this is an important thing for them. They were sharing it. He, wasn't in, he just wanted to capture the sunnah. He wasn't interested in what sahih only know. But because he's from Tabai Tabin, there's no hadith in there that's forged, to the best of my knowledge, right? Specialists know, Mr. Saman will say, right? But even Hajj Asqalani has defended Imam Ahmad. We can talk to Mr. Saman later. Hmm? Some students of knowledge, they get too critical. Hmm? They are trained only with the knowledge of Hadith criticism without being able, without being trained in the practicing 
of the hadith. Khair to Imam Ahmad Ramadan's hadith were very widely circulated. But of the hadith that he taught were in extremely wide circulation in his age of Tabai Tabin. So you want to get these attributes. Hmm? Then we'll become like the person who fasts all day and prays all night. Allahu Akbar. Fasts all day and prays all night. Hmm? Once a person asked Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that what is the best thing that a person can give someone. So he said that the best thing a person can give someone is beautiful character. Husni akhlaq. That's the best thing they can do is behave with them in the best way. That's the best gift they can best gift they can have. Can either mean they behave with them the best way or the best gift they can give them is somehow train them to have the best character. Allah Kabira. So this is a great blessing. Great blessing that a person can get benefit from. This character is priceless. But it's priceless, but it's something money can't buy. Hmm? It's priceless in of itself, but it cannot come at any price. Hmm? Yeah, Allah Akbar. Money can buy a lot of things in this world. Hmm? But there are many things money can't buy. And normally it's the priceless things that money is unable to buy. Hmm? Um, when Sayyidah Aisha, anha, when she wanted to describe Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that his character is Qur'an. Well, actually, lived. He was lived Qur'an, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the way she described him. And she was his noble, blessed wife, mother of the believers. She knew Qur'an. She was a great alam of Qur'an. And she was obviously a great knower of the character of Nabi Akram, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahu Akbar. How many wives today would say that about their husbands? Hmm? That his character is the character of Qur'an. He is the living embodiment of Qur'an. He is the physical manifestation of the feelings of Qur'an. Hmm? But the point is her choice of words in describing. So when she was asked by someone to describe Nabi Akram, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the second part of it, that she described his character, like the Qur'an, but the first part is, what did she choose to describe about him? She chose to describe his character. So for her, the most distinct thing about Nabi Kareem Sosam was his character. She could have said, Ibadatuhu, his ibadah is like something. She could have said that. She could have said his spiritual rank is like something. She could have answered, he's Imam al-Anbiya. What do you mean, who is he? He's Imam al-Anbiya. He's the greatest of the prophets. And when she was asked to tell us, who was he? So this is, she chose that who he is, he should be known through his character. That's part two, that his character is the Qur'an. You understand what I'm saying? This is her marfat. So this is sunnah. Sunnah equals khuluk. Hmm? If you have this sunnah, and you don't have that sunnah, hmm? and how many are they who are in this dilemma? Hmm? Hmm? Allah Akbar. This is the real Sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is also one of the great aspects, great aspects of our Iman. And this is also something that the Awliyaullah used to teach. This is also why people used to come. They didn't just come to increase their ibadah. Yes. They didn't just come to increase their zikr. Yes. 
They didn't just come to increase their kurb and feeling for Allah Ta'ala, but they did come for that. But they also came to fix their khuluk, their akhlaq, tarbiyah, ta'deeb. Even there's a whole word for this, ta'deeb. Hmm? The inculcation, instilling of adab and akhlaq. So that's why sometimes people would go to Khanka who actually, they were fine in their ibadah. Masha, they were already sahib tanjil They were already regular in their salah. They already had feelings when they read Quran. They were good in ibadah. But they weren't so good in their akhlaq. So they came. This is also something they learned. Because the true awliyaullah, the big kamil awliyaullah, they have the same akhlaq. If you want to find who is the closest character in Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that's called Sahaba. After Sahaba, who has the next closest character, they're called Uliyaullah. Hmm? So they would have great character. Hmm? In addition to his incredible closeness to Allah Ta'ala, his incredible character. Hmm? His character, more than his ibadah. It's his character that made hundreds and thousands of Hindus accept Islam. Because they couldn't see his ibadah. They couldn't understand his ibadah. They couldn't understand his kurub with Allah Ta'ala. What did they see? They saw his khuluk, his akhlaq, his adab. That's what they saw. Allah Akbar. So that has power. That has power. So the power of a person's iman is directly related to that. So there are three levels. The Mufassireen mention it like this. That there are three levels that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned of akhlaq in Qur'an. First is the level that was given to the Jews. Even that is noble. So even some of them they call it akhlaq humida, praiseworthy. So what is that Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an? وَكَدَبْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ فِيهَا أَنَّ النَّفْسَ بِالنَّفْسِ وَالْعَيْنَ بِالْعَيْنَ That they were prescribed in their sacred revelation and scripture. What? That what will be incumbent, the law that will be incumbent upon them is what they call a life for a life, an eye for an eye. Life for a life, an eye for an eye. What does it mean? That you may exact revenge. You may have the law of retribution, law of retaliation, but it must be on complete parity. So that was one notion of justice, Right? So they call it an eye for an eye, generally, and that's exactly what Al-Ain Bil-Ain, it's exactly means that. An eye for an eye. Alright. Then came the akhlaq given to the Christians. This was a higher level. Higher level. So some call it akhlaqi karima. So that was akhlaqi hamida, praiseworthy character. This is akhlaqi karima, even more generous character. What is that more generous character? So this is the famous concept of Turn the cheek. Turn the other cheek. Hmm? So this is not eye for an eye. This is a different concept. Huh? This is a different concept that don't react, don't exact retribution, even in the just way. Rather you should turn the other cheek. It's a famous statement people also know. Then came third level of akhlaq. That was the akhlaq given to the ummah muslimah. And that's called akhlaq-i azimah. Akhlaq-i hamida, akhlaq-i karima, akhlaq-i azimah. Why? Because this is how exactly Allah Ta'ala describes Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ Indeed you, Allah Ta'ala is saying in Quran that indeed you singular means you Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
Allah, you are permanently, firmly established on Khuluqin Azim, on a tremendous character. You've been made of a tremendous character. So that's the Sunnah. That's our Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Akhlaqi Azima. So this is a very big Sunnah to follow. It's a tremendous character and it's going to take a tremendous effort. It is going to take a tremendous effort to get that tremendous character in our heart. It's not going to happen automatically. It's not going to happen due to the barakah of something else. Just by sitting in itikaf, just by going on umrah. No. We have to make effort to get this character. Because it's adheem. And when Allah Ta'ala, He is adheem, this is Allah Ta'ala like we say, Subhanallah bin adheem. So when Allah Al-Azim in Quran Al-Azim describes the character of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as Azim, you can imagine how tremendous that character is. And this Khuluq in Azim is part of this Uswat Husna, Uswat Hasana, this noble virtuous model that we're supposed to follow. So it's a major effort. It has to be a continuous ongoing effort in our life to get this noble character. So what is this? Akhlaqi Adima. So let's look from Quran. Allah Ta'ala gives some examples. One. Fa'fu anhum wastaghfirlahum washawirhum fil amri. So this is long, there's a context to this uh, verse of Quran al-Kareem. Khair, you can just understand like this that Allah Ta'ala is saying because the lesson is broader than the original context of revelation. So the lesson is that if somebody did wrong to you, so one was eye for an eye, that was one response. Second was turn the other cheek. This response, but if somebody does wrong to you, fa'fu anhum, you should pardon them. Wastaghfir lahum, you should ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive them. Washawirhum fil amr, and now you should consult them again. You should bring them back into your fold of close consultation. Allah Akbar Kabira, This is akhlaqi adhima. Very different. You yourself pardon them, you ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive them, and then you again consult them in your affairs, means you patch up with them. You patch up with them and have positive relations with them. That's the two loose to give you the amumi mana, the murad of this. You patch up with them and you positively, beneficially interact with them. So that's not there and turn the other cheek, right? That's not there and turn the other cheek. Yeah, Allah Ta'ala mentions another place in Quran. This akhlaqi adhima. وَالْقَادِمِينَ الْغَيْذِ And they swallow, suppress their anger. وَالْآفِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ And then they pardon them. So this is the one who wronged you. So they wronged you and you could justifiably be angry. An eye for an eye. You could have done that. Justifiable anger. وَالْقَادِمِينَ الْغَيْذِ Okay, that might be turn the other cheek. Turn your cheek. Right? They swallow the anger, suppress the anger. But it goes further. وَالْآفِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ Nas, not mu'minin. Nas. They pardon all people. They pardon all people. Hmm? Imagine. Pardon all people. Wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen. So the ulama understood that this is the third step that they then do ahsan with them. They do ahsan with them. Means they do good. They repel evil with good. They don't just turn the cheek. They... Kiss the cheek of the one who slapped them. <laughs> Put it that way. Wallahu yuhimmul muhsinin. Allahu Akbar, this is akhlaqi adhima. 
How many of us follow this in Quran? Look at these two ayat. And believe me, it takes a lot of, not easy, a lot of training to find these, to develop these qualities in a person. They pardon everyone. Today we can't even pardon our own people. We can't pardon the brother. Husband can't pardon the wife. Wife can't pardon the husband. Sheikh can't pardon the student. Student can't pardon the sheikh. Committee member can't pardon the other committee. Musalli can't pardon the other musalli. Hmm? We're not even there. <laughs> even if the first step we're not there. We're not even on that. <laughs> Who controls and suppresses and swallows their anger? Hmm? to hmm? It means in English we explode. <laughs> we blow our top. That's how they say idiomatic English. We're not even on the first step. We're not even on the first step. Instantly react, start grumbling. First it starts with muttering, then grumbling, then arguing, then fighting, then ghibat, then bughaz, malice, hatred, envy, the whole thing. They say that the whole nine yards, you go all the way. We're not even on the first level. Hmm? So then, how much work has to be done? It's a lot of work, it's a lot of effort. Hmm? achieve this akhlaq that Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Qur'an al-Kareem. And last year also, in some in earlier gathering this year, we also recited to this third ayah that is used to describe what is akhlaqi adhima. Third verse of Qur'an that is used to describe this. وَلَا تَسْتَوِي الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا That the virtuous, noble, excellent deed and the wrong, mistaken, erroneous way of doing things these two can never be equal. This itself is a big teaching. That don't think, no, it's okay if I don't do this. It'll be equally okay. No, no, no. It can never be equal. The akhlaqi azima are one thing, and any other type of character can never be equal, never be the same. You will end up different. Not mustawi. You will end up different. With a different quality of iman, with a different place in akhirah, if you don't develop these adab and akhlaq. It will not be same. It will be different. Different. Hmm? So then, idfa billati hiya ahsan. Therefore, this is that respond, repel. What I mean, the wrong that is done to you, repel that wrong, but not an ayn bil ayn, not justifiable vengeance. Repel, respond with that which is even better. Then that person that between you and between them, there is some enmity, some hostility, some bitterness, or even outright hatred. Allah Ta'ala, he will turn and become as if he is a close, intimate friend. Allah Ta'ala will put that barakah. Allah Ta'ala will make that happen. Because this shows this is a power of husn. Power of noble and virtuous character. Not only does it change our anger into patience, not only will it erase our enmity and make us accepting, it has a transitive effect. It will affect the enmity of the other person and convert them into a friend. It's a tremendous character. Tremendous character. And you can see this in the seerah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu How many are those people who were first enemies to Nabi Kareem sallallahu And after Fatimakkah, the Prophet did not do any vengeance, nothing. 
In fact, he was so kind. He swallowed the sorrow at the killer of his beloved uncle, Sayyidina Hamza Ruthanur. Then he pardoned them. And on top of it, he did Etsan. He told them, no, it's okay, you can stay. I give you sanctuary. You can stay in Makkah, Makarramah. So then what happened? They become like they were the best friend. They became Sahaba. Hind hmm? herself, she became Sahabiya. Washi became Sahabi. Radiyallahu ta'ala anhumajmain. So you see it in the seerah. So many examples. You see Nabiya Kareem Sassam practicing. Practicing on all of this. Hmm? So this is why we should have this love. We should have this love for others. Love for others, especially love for the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what did Eith Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu said, Al-Khalqu Ayalullah that all of creation is from the progeny, not progeny, but the ayal, the family, or dependence. All of creation is dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of creation is the dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. nasi illallahi And the most beloved of all people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, man ahsana ila ayalihi, are the ones who are the best and virtuous towards the dependent creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why, this, is, this hadith is why, that woman from Bani Israel was forgiven by giving water to a dog. This is why. Because she became ahab, Ahab. You know, the one is Mahbub, beloved to Allah. One is Ahab, most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She became most beloved to Allah ta'ala. Obviously Allah ta'ala forgives those who are his most beloved. Hmm? So that's what Ayal includes. It's creatures, it's all the creatures. Because all the creation is dependent on Allah ta'ala. Allah Akbar. So then... Who wants to, this, isn't this what the sawaf is, to become the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Right? That's what they say. People say, oh, I want to come because I want to become beloved to Allah. Okay, you want to be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it's going to require some change then. <laughs> it's going to require change in your adab and akhlaq. It's not going to be just an appearance. It can't be just one itikaf. It's going to require a change inside. That can be brought through, through itikaf. That can be brought about through gatherings. But the change has to take place. The change has to take place. Allah Akbar is a very strong thing. Ahabbu, the most beloved of people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? So we need to think, now ayal, if it means all creatures, then let's start with our ahl, like many times we say, Ahlu Ayal, right? So forget creatures. Who is the one who is the most virtuous to his spouse? They'll become beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? They will become an ahsan. Who is the most virtuous to their spouse? Who is the most virtuous to their family? Who is the most virtuous to their neighbor? Who is the most virtuous to their fellow ummati? Hmm? So we are not even good to our fellow mu'min creation. Let alone fellow human creation, let alone the animal creation. So how are we going to become the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is there another hadith Nabiya Kareem Sosa mentioned this is narrative by Tirmidhi? Irhamu man fil ard that you must have mercy towards those on earth. Means people that can I mean any creature can be any creation. Yarhamkum man fis 
then that being who is, not literally, but that being who is, transcends this physical universe, yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will have mercy on you. So simply then concise translation, be merciful to creation, the creator will be merciful towards you. Hmm? And the same word Allah Ta'ala, uh, the, the same word Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi used here was Rahim. So what does Rahim mean? Mercy means to be kind and gentle and loving to someone even though they don't deserve it. Even though they haven't earned it. So when we ask Ya Allah, send your Rahmah on us. What are we saying? That, ya Allah, we are unworthy, we are undeserving, we have not earned your love for us. But out of your mercy, we want you to be merciful to us and love us anyway. Love me anyway, despite who and what I am. This is called asking for rahmah. So, irhamu means, Nabi Kareem wasallam is telling us that love them anyway. Love them anyway, despite their flaws and shortcomings. Have rahm towards them. Forgive them anyway, even though they did wrong you. Just like you want Allah Ta'ala to forgive you anyway, even though you did sin against Him. That's what we want. How can anybody go to Jannah? Nabi Kareem said, no one will enter Jannah except due to the rahmah of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Then some of the Sahaba asked, even you, Ya Rasulullah He said, even me. Allah Akbar. Even me, he said. So what is rahmah? So rahmah means, Ya Allah, for us, Ya Allah, I want you to forgive me anyway. So what does it mean to have rahm for others? To forgive people anyway. To forgive people anyway. That you forgive them out of your mercy, Allah will forgive you out of your mercy. So this is an incentive. So look, Allah Ta'ala is not just telling us to have good character, He's incentivizing it. <laughs> He's giving us a motivation to do it. He's mentioning an incredible ajr, sawab, reward that we will get if we do it. But a person still doesn't do it. Very difficult. You tell them, look, can't you just forget it? I can't forget it. Can't you just let it go? I will never forgive them. Ya Allah. Huh? Can't you just move on? I can't. Hmm? So what they're saying, I won't do this. Irhamu manfil ard. They're saying no. If you say no to the first part, then it means you're saying no to the second part. Hmm? If you say no to the first part, no, I can't let it go. No, I won't forgive. No, why did she do that? No, why did he say that? No, 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 this must be resolved. <laughs> so what if Allah tells you on the Day of Judgment, no, 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 no. <laughs> First, let's resolve what you did in your life. Allah hmm? Akbar be finished. <laughs> we'll be finished. <laughs> if Allah brings it to the matter of resolution, the only resolution for us will be fire of Jannah. <laughs> There's no other way to resolve the matter if Allah chooses to take it to that. Hmm? We resolve it. Let's resolve. Let's address it first. Hmm? Allah tells you that on the Day of Judgment. Hmm? Let's address this book of deeds first. No Shafat Rasul Sassam for you. No Hosea Kothar for you. Hmm? Let's resolve your book of deeds first. But that's how people they talk. Huh? No, no, this must be resolved. No, I can't forgive. I can't let go. Irhamu man fil ardi, yarhamkum man fil sama. 
be merciful to creation, your creator will be merciful to you. Now look, if anybody asks you, do, would you like to have a guarantee of Allah Ta'ala's Rahmah? You say guarantee? I say yes, guarantee. You say, yes, this is what I need. I need Allah Ta'ala's Rahmah and if I can get it in a guaranteed way, well that's the best. Because Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is Asadiqul Ameen. Whatever he says is guaranteed. Guaranteed. So the guaranteed, if you have Rahm towards others, Allah Ta'ala will send his Rahm on you. Some people, it's amazing, some people are so stubborn in their grudges, even they will, Na'udhu Billah, this is very dangerous. This could be called istighfaf of the sunnah. This could even be tantamount, not actual, but close to kufr. Some people will even respond back and say, no, just forget, forget it, then I won't do it. They say, yes, I heard the city, but I just can't do it. Actually say it. They say, no, I can't do it, I won't do it. It's very dangerous when you start saying things like that. Hmm? Very dangerous. Hmm? Sometimes people in the get upset. I know Islam says that, but I'm not going to do it. I know it communities, but I can't do it. You can't say that. <laughs> and you can't feel like that. You can't think like that. If you feel like that and think like that, you're jeopardizing. Not lost. You're jeopardizing your imam. You're jeopardizing your very imam. Hmm? Allah Akbar Kabira. So this is the beauty of our deen actually. That it's mercy all around. <laughs> it's it's pure mercy. From all sides mercy. Mercy between creation, between and amongst creation, and mercy between creator and creation. What a wonderful deen. It's a deen of Rahmah. Nabi of Rahmah, Rahmatullah Alameen, Rabb of Rahmah, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, and we were supposed to be people of Rahmah, Irhamu. All Rahmah, all around. That's called peace. Hmm? And if you don't have all Rahmah, all around, then you won't have peace. You won't have peace. So don't think that just Islam means peace. It has a way to bring about this peace. It has a way to bring about this peace. And noble adab and akhlaq are a critical way to bring about this peace. Then you can say another concept Allah Ta'ala mentions in Quran is that of brotherhood. And I'm not talking physical sibling here. The notion of brethren. The notion of community really. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَى that indeed the believers are brethren to each other. Are brethren to each other. Are fellows to each other. All believers. This is the concept of ummah. So you can't have concept of ummah without this ikhwah. But this is why there's no concept of ummah anymore. Because people have lost this brethren, this close tie. Close tie just on the basis of iman. فَأَصْلِهُ بَيْنَ أَخَوَيْكُمْ that therefore you should try to bring about reconciliation between your brethren. It is between your two brothers, but means generally between brethren, between groups of brethren. You must try to do sulah. And fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the ulama of tafsir, right, when Allah ta'ala mentions something, and right after that says, have taqwa. So the way you would then translate the intended meaning here, and fear Allah means fear not doing this. 
The fear of Allah should prevent you from not, not being ikhwa. Fear Allah Ta'ala if you don't feel and behave like brethren to each other. Fear Allah Ta'ala if you don't do sulah and reconcile and patch up between each other. If you don't do this, then fear Allah. And then fear Allah, then do it. If you can't do it out of your own goodwill, then fear Allah Ta'ala. Do it out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. So that Allah Ta'ala's rahmah will overwhelm you. You may be overwhelmed by the mercy of Allah. So again, the end Allah Ta'ala's giving is rahm. So that's the greatest thing we want is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That being who constantly, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who constantly says, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. He also created then ways in deen for us to get that infinite mercy. To get that limitless mercy. And this is called Adab and Akhlaq. This is called Adab and Akhlaq. So, this word brethren, like I told you, it doesn't literally here mean physical brother or sibling. But Allah Ta'ala chose to use the word. Why? Because it's like, be with your fellow believers the way you are with your blood brother. That's what it means, ikhwa. Be as close to them. Be as brotherly to them. Be as, as a fellowship the fellowship with fellow believers should be as strong as the fellowship between two brothers. So what is the example of two brothers in deen? So Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran one example of two brothers. That's Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam and Sayyidina Harun alayhi salam. So when Allah Ta'ala told Sayyidina Musa, Idhab ila Fir'aun, innuhu taga, that oh Musa alayhi salam, you, one singular, you should go to Fir'aun. Indeed he has transgressed, he has far exceeded the bounds Against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of you know who Fir'aun was. The Musa was thinking that Fir'aun has his whole rule, army, troops, power, influence. So what did he do? He felt the need for some help. He felt the need for some help. So who did he think of? He thought of his brother. He thought of his brother. So all Musa he told Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a different passage of Quran, but it's, it's the same dialogue in the same story. So he told us, Allah Ta'ala, Rabbi Shahli Sadri, that first Allah Ta'ala, if I'm going to do this, you must expand my breast. Allahu Akbar. So here, the Mufasreen, they make an interesting point, that here Musa had to make dua to Allah Ta'ala, to ask Allah Ta'ala for this, Rabbi Shahli Sadri, when it comes to Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Alam Nashrah Laka Sadrak, that did I not expand your breast on my own without you having to ask for it? Whereas Musa had to ask, Rabbi Shahli Sadri. Then, وَيَسِّرْ لِي Amri, And then make this matter easy for me. Make this matter easy for me. وَحْلُ الْأُقْدَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي That untied this knot, we had mentioned earlier gathering that baby Musa had taken a coal. So there was a lisp in his tongue. So he said, untie, literally it means untie this knot on my tongue. Why? Yafkahu koli, so that they, those people, will be able to understand my speech. Wajalli waziram min ahli haruna akhi. And appoint as a wazir, as a deputy, as an assistant to me, from my ahl, from my family, Harun, who is my brother. Hmm? And Allah Ta'ala did this. Allah Ta'ala did this. He made say, he gave nubuwa. 
ایسے وزیر موسیٰ صاحب میں دعا وزیر defining description of how intimately and mutually supporting two brothers are. So if you do tafsir al-Qur'an and al-Qur'an, understand that passage with this passage, the innamal mu'minuna ikhwa, that the believers should be as closely fellows as Sayyidina Musa Islam and Sayyidina Harun al-Islam were. That's how close they should be. Hmm? That's so. Subhanallah. Then things happen. Huh? Then you know the rest of the story. When the two of them went, now there were two. Hmm? Allah Akbar. I feel now, may Allah Ta'ala reward our Shaykh Umar Mukhtar, because I asked our Hazrat the same thing. The Hazrat give me assistant for Stangri Atikaf. Huh? Allah Akbar. Hmm? So this is the spirit of Ikhwa. This is the spirit of mutual support. This is the spirit of being brethren. Hmm? This is deen. This is deen. Learn your deen. Is anbiya awliya? Anbiya sahaba awliya? It's such a pure, pristine deen. It's an amazing deen if you understand deen to the anbiya sahaba awliya. Hmm? Then the ulama mentioned another way to understand this concept of brotherhood is that when Allah Ta'ala was mentioning on the Day of Judgment, that a person will be what we call nafsa nafsi, just concerned about themselves. The yoma yafirrul maru min akhi. First thing Allah Taala mentioned. Um comes later. Um comes third. Akhi wa sahibati wa bani wa ummi. Fourth. Hmm? First akhi. And normally you would have thought um would come first. First a person will flee from their mother. So it means the most intimate relation, the most close relation. So it's most shocking that a person will flee from their brother. So that means this akh, ukhuwa, ikhwa is the most close, intimate relation. So then, innamal mu'minun ikhwa be the most close and most intimate relation with each other. Hmm? This is the adab and akhlaq. This is the adab and akhlaq. Hmm? Now can you imagine now the wa'id on that person that in this life, if there's somebody like that, that in terms of their proper sibling, blood brother, they turn away from their brother. Family feud, business dispute, Allahu Akbar, inheritance over dunya. So they turn away from their brother. They find out, oh my brother will be there at the gathering, I don't want to go. Yafirru, he does that. In this life, you want to do in this life exactly what Allah Ta'ala describes as the terror of the Day of Judgment? You want to have that behavior? You want to fit that description here? Of his or I'm not going. Yatak, we've heard, if he is going on Hajj, I'm not going on Hajj this year. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. Your own, but to say this about anybody, it's, it's, it's insane. Your own blood brother. Hmm? Fine, I'll go next year. Well, who are you? Huh? How do you don't go this year for this reason? Hmm? But if Allah Ta'ala takes your life, hmm? 
between now and next year. Hmm? This is a reason? Oh, Kabira. Hmm? This is how far we have gone from adab and akhlaq. How far we've gone from adab and akhlaq. Then Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said another beautiful way the hadith narrated by Imam Muslim in the Sahih وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ This is sometimes the victim begins but he wants to really emphasize he swears by that being in whose grasp lies my life. Hmm? In whose power lies my life. In whose power lies the taking of my life. Ya Allah. Hmm? Imagine the effect these words would have on a sahabi when they hear the Vyakasim talk like that. Huh? For a sahabi to hear, think emotionally. The Vyakasim is saying like that. Huh? That no servant slave has perfected their belief. That he doesn't love for their neighbor. Or in one narration, or love for his brother. Means here, brother, but also means fellow believer. What they love for their own self. Hmm? Love for them. Not like love. Not accept, okay, I accept that they can also have what I love for myself. Not good enough. Okay, I also like it, that they have what I love for myself. Not good enough. You must love that they have what you love for yourself. Hmm? Akbar. I love to, whatever it is, hmm? I love to be in first row. I love for my brother to be in first row. This is the tug of war that should take place inside you. Huh? As opposed to tug of war between you. Tug of war inside you. Hmm? SubhanAllah. Hmm? La yu'minu. It's a very strong word. This first beginning with that. Walladhi nafsi biyadi. Then saying la yu'minu. Hmm? Yes, the ulama of hadith they mentioned it means kamal iman. Hasn't perfected his iman. But the Prophet chose to say it in a way. He chose Prophet to say it in a strong way. Hmm? It's about your iman. So I keep telling the adab and akhlaq are about our iman. Our iman are directly related to our adab and akhlaq. That we love for others. Love for others what we love for ourselves. Hmm? So then, then these relationships won't be strained. Hmm? One of the reasons that we have this hostile, hostility, enmity, jealousy, hatred for one another is we don't care for the other person. We're uncaring. So this hadith is making us extremely caring. That's what it means. Care for the others so much. Be so caring for them that you love for them what you love for yourself. That's how you can put it in more clear English. Explanatory English. Be so caring for them that you love for them what you love for yourself. Hmm? Then, one beautiful hadith that Mufti Ahmad Khan Puridam Barkatum also mentioned a lot on his recent trip. This is a hadith narrated by Imam Tirmidhi, narrated by Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik. And if you were there, you would remember he has his own beautiful way of explaining because Masih is a muhaddith. So, first he will tell you all about who Anas ibn Malik is. Then he will explain to you the whole context of the hadith. He will replay that moment in history for you. That's how you will feel. Hmm? Allah Akbar. 
So here Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik he said, that once Nabi Kareem Sussam he told me what? Ya Bunaya. That oh my sweet young son. Hmm? Oh my sweet young son. In Kadarta An Tusbiha Watumsi Laysafikal Bika Rishun Le Ahad Fafal. That if you can do this, if you have this ability, hmm? so it shows even it's, it's hard, it's difficult. <laughs> It's difficult, these adab akhlaq. If you can have the strength to do so, that every morning when you rise, and every evening, or every morning appears, and every evening comes, in your heart there should not be ghishun li'ahadin. There should not be any ill will, resentment, negative feeling, anything like that. Li'ahadin for anyone. Faf'al, then do it. Be like that. That neither in morning nor in evening. So you can translate it, explain it in loose English. Clean your heart every morning and every evening. Make sure your heart is clean every morning and every evening from, from any negative feelings to anyone. Hmm? And then Nabi Karim Sussam continued, Tumma Kalali. And then he continued to say to me, Ya Bunaya, O oh my sweet son, Wadalaka min sunnati. And this is from my sunnah. Sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that his heart was always pure from any ill feelings towards anyone. Never did a morning rise. Never did an evening set except it found the qalb, qalb, the spiritual heart of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam absolutely free of all ill feelings for anyone. ذَلَكَ مِنْ سُنَّتِي وَمَنْ أَحَمَّ سُنَّتِي فَكَدْ أَحَمَّنِي So this is that context of this famous sentence. And indeed, that person who loves my sunnah, indeed they have loved me, وَمَنْ أَحَبَّنِي كَانَ مَعِيَ فِي الْجَنَّةِ That that person will be with me in Jannah. Hmm? So how? I ask you another question. Would you like a guarantee that you will get Jannatul Firdaus? Would you like a guarantee that in jan- within Jannatul Firdaus you will get the ma'iyat? Hmm? You would be with Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam guarantee. So this is simple. Guarantee? <laughs> this is the guarantee? That you must empty your, make sure your heart is empty of resentment, grumbling, ill will, hostility, doubt, suspicion, envy, jealousy, any negative feeling. Li'ahadin, for anyone. Every morning and every evening. Hmm? And this is also from the adab and akhlaq. And this is Sayyidina Rasulullah training Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik with that was a young man. And the makes him foresight. He knew this young man is going to live for decades onward and spread Islam to thousands or Allahum, hundreds of thousands of tabin. Hmm? So this is the message. I better tell him these things because he will tell these things onward. And I will define my sunnah as this. وَذَلَكَ مِنْ سُنَّتِي This is from my sunnah. Allahu Akbar. So this is also a sunnah to adopt. Also a sunnah to adopt. Then Deen of Islam teaches us another aspect of good character is to do silatul rahm Means to use mercy and patch up the broken ties. To join with others on the basis of mercy. To mend the broken family ties. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa said, 
But connect with those who disconnect with you and forgive those who harm you and do good to those who do bad to you. Allah hmm? Akbar. This is Silatul Rahim. Connect with those who disconnect from you. Forgive those who harm you, who do zoom to you. Wa'fu amman dhalam. Pardon that person who oppresses and wrongs you and do good to those who do bad to you. Hmm? Simple hadith of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa Then it comes in one hadith that amongst those people who Allah does not forgive on Laylatul Qadr, Allah does not forgive that person who has cut off relations, who has some ill feeling in their harbors, ill feelings in their heart. Sheikh Ladi Sante mentioned this in Fazal Ramadan, who has ill feelings in their heart, or second type of person not forgiven on Laylatul Qadr, who has cut off relations. Not forgiven on Laylatul Qadr. Allah Akbar Kabira. I would assume that the person who is not forgiven on Laylatul Qadr should assume he won't be forgiven on Yom Al-Qiyamah. Hmm? That's what one should assume by this. Hmm? Now second step, that person who is not forgiven on Yom Al-Qiyamah, what happens to them? Hmm? That we covered for you last night. Hmm? Yes. <laughs> so what, where do you trace it all back to? Good adab and good akhlaq. Good adab and good akhlaq. Hmm? And this happens. People easily break off relations. It's all over the place. In fact, probably in maybe every or almost every family, extended family, they will say one thing. Maybe there's some sister-in-law, sister-in-law who have cut off their relations. Maybe there's mother-in-law, daughter-in-law who have cut off relations. Maybe there's cousin and cousin, uncle and nephew, or even worse, like we told you, father and son, brother, brother. There's someone in the family who is guilty of this. Illa mashallah. Illa mashallah. Hmm? And Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said another hadith, that al-barakatu ma'akabirukum. This is Hassan hadith. Al-barakatu ma'akabirukum. That barakah lies with your elders. Barakah lies with your elders. Hmm? Our problem is twofold. Number one, that people, the non-elders, youngers, have stopped viewing their elders as a source of barakah. So they don't sit with them, they don't learn from them, they don't take their advice, they don't get their wisdom. That's one problem. But then there's a second problem. That some of the elders have stopped behaving like elders. Yeah. They don't, they're not that source of barakah for their family. Once a woman sent me a long, long email or long, and it was a very, very, you can say, sad marriage, divorce type case issue. And it was from some remote country. So I wrote back and said, you know, do you have anyone like an uncle, a mamu, khalu, you have some maternal uncle, paternal uncle, somebody who can help, who can guide you? So she wrote back that I have, <laughs> but none of them can help me in this. None of them are willing to help in this. None of them have a softness in character. They're all so harsh and angry that they will not be able to do any resolution. And I saw this in some communities. 
that the elders don't have that barak in them anymore because they don't have those adab and akhlaq. So they can't do that conciliation. There was a time when the elders were the most shafiq, means they were the most soft and kind and gentle and compassionate. And they used to solve, like we say in Urdu, That means in English, we'll go to the elders, maybe elders of the family, might be elders even of the village, right? And because they're elder, they will with a lot of patience and with a lot of calm and with a lot of love, they will patch things up. But increasingly, family members tell me that our elders aren't like that. Our elders aren't like that. Calm, patient, soft, gentle, loving. Our elders are angry. Our elders are bitter. Our elders snap. Our elders use foul language. Even this has come to me. Our elders get angry and use abusive words and foul language. So then there's no barakah with them. Then. Hmm? And on the other side, if there is an elder like that, then many times the youngers, they don't benefit from them. They neglect them. They sideline them. They make fun of them. So we're losing amal on this hadith. Al-barakatu ma'aqabirukum. This was a great source of barakah for us. This was one of the major reasons why these family ties remain mended. Because the elders would always patch things up. All those cases I told you that come to us in this country, all, almost all those families do have elders. If there's a case that the two brothers are talking, there are elders in that family. But where is their barakah? Where is their patching of the ties? Fair, hmm? it's a lot of effort. A lot of effort is required to build this good character. And this character is one of the shining aspects of Nabi Kareem sallallahu The ulama mentioned that when they tried to accuse, when the unbelievers tried to accuse and taunt, they could call the Prophet they could accuse him of being magician, and they accused him of being soothsayer, and they accused him of this, but never could they ever accuse him of having bad character. They had to themselves say when it comes to that, As-Sadiqul Ameen. As-Sadiqul Ameen. They might say Majnoon, they will still say As-Sadiqul Ameen. They might say anything, they will still say As-Sadiqul Ameen. Allah Akbar. So some people, they say like this, that other Anbiya were given different miracles, like Isa was given a miracle that he could cure the leper, cure the blind, right? Sayyidina Musa was given a miracle that the staff turned into a serpent. And the miracle of Nabi Kareem wasallam was this, his khuluq and adim, his tremendous character. Allahu Akbar. We are from his ummah. This is our Nabi. This is our legacy. This is our warasat. This is the great legacy for us, is this Azim character, the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So then I'll just end by telling you one last topic. And that is Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam hadith, ad-deenun nasiha. Hmm? In two words, he captured this feeling of goodwill, the spirit of goodwill. Ad-deen an-nasiha. Hmm? Those in Arabic grammar, tarifu tarafain yufidul hasr. That normally it's not like that. Normally one of them would have the definite article and the other would not. But saying ad-deen an-nasiha means that all of deen consists of nasiha and all of nasiha is to be found in deen. Ad-deen an-nasiha. Two words. Huh? Subhanallah. So strange. Hmm? 
So what does Nasiha? Nasiha doesn't just mean bayan or talim or dars. Nasiha means goodwill, counsel, well-wishing, advice. All of deen lies in Nasiha. Hmm? Nasiha is like from Nasuh also. Nasiha means sincere, selfless. Sincere and selfless counsel, advice and goodwill. This is what is called deen. This is what is called deen. So what is that? That falls in other ben akhlaq again. So Nasiha is not... Yes, one aspect is fine. Nasiha falls in ulama, mashayikh, imam, khatib. That's one aspect of it. But the other aspect is this. The goodwill. Hmm? The goodwill. The love. The care. The well-wishing that we're supposed to have for others. Then in hadith that uh, Ibn Majah narrated that once Nabi Kareem sallallahu was doing tawaf of the Kaaba. Was doing tawaf of the Kaaba. And then he looked at the Kaaba. And first he addressed Kaaba that, Oh Kaaba, indeed you have been granted a high status by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have been granted. However, لَهُرْمَةُ الْمُؤْمِنَ أَعْضَمُ إِنْدَ اللَّهِ هُرْمَةً مِنْكَ That the hurma, hurma means the sanctity of the believer. The honor of the ihtiram, the honor of the believer. The sanctity and honor of the believer is even more. أَعْضَمْ إِنْدَ اللَّهِ for Allah Ta'ala, O Kaaba, than even your hurma. Nabi Kareem Sassan saying this during Tawaf. <laughs> during Tawaf. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Hmm? And now, mashallah, especially in these communities in South Africa, in that you have been trained well to have good adab towards Kaaba. Hmm? So then, listen to our Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That the believer is more worthy of respect. The believer is more sacred and has more sanctity and more honor in the Allah Ta'ala's regard than the Kaaba. Higher rank to the believer. Now by believer it means his heart. You can't hurt them. You can't hurt them. Hmm? Allah Akbar. So again, this should begin first at home. So fine, if you can't do it, every believer, start with the ones in your home. Children should honor the parents. Parents should honor the children. Husband should honor the wife. Wife should honor the husband. Hmm? That they are like a, your wives are a garment for you. And you, O husbands, you are a garment for them. So the ulama, they mentioned, why did Allah Ta'ala say this? Libas. Because libas protects a person. Libas protects a person. You're supposed to protect each other. Libas covers the satir of a person. You're supposed to conceal the faults of each other. Libas beautifies the person. Tazeen. You're supposed to bring out the best character in each other. Your relationship was meant to what? Each to beautify the other. And libas is akrab il jism. Your clothing is the thing that's closest to you. So your relationship with husband and wife, you were supposed to be closest to each other. One word Allah Ta'ala captured all this libas. Ahkum al-hakimin. Unna libas. Antum libas. How many of us are like that? <laughs> so we must begin at our own Begin with the adab, akhlaq in our own home. In our own home. Then Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, Nabi Akareem Abu Dawud, 
that whomsoever hides the sins of others in this world, conceals the sins and faults of others, Allah Ta'ala will hide and conceal that person's sins on the Day of Judgment. So what does it mean? You tell me. If Allah Ta'ala is going to hide and conceal somebody's sins on the Day of Judgment, then can He send them to Jahannam because of those sins? Hmm? What does it mean to hide and conceal those sins? Hmm? So hiding, concealing must mean that then Allah Ta'ala will not just be sattar, but He will also, and He is ghafar, He will then forgive them. Why? Because they hide it and conceal the person's thoughts. What do people like today? They're the complete opposite. Not only do they not hide, they broadcast. Hmm? Quickly, instantly. Hmm? Using instant technology. Hmm? Sometimes I'm amazed what type of things people write on some Whatsapps and Whatsapp groups. Hmm? The amount of people on the Day of Judgment who will have to answer for what they wrote on Whatsapp. Oh, this is another, if the tongue wasn't bad enough, like we gave you the talk two days on answering for the tongue, this WhatsApp is just increased amount of things we're going to have to answer for. And it's strange that people write things that they don't even say. They're more daring. They're more bold on the WhatsApp. Hmm? They fire away. Hmm? Rapid fire. I'm amazed sometimes when sometimes somebody shows me some of these WhatsApps. And it's very hard for us to still maintain honor and respect in our heart for that person when we see how the type of things they write on the WhatsApp. Hmm? Sometimes, oh, you just name it, all the things we mentioned to you. Ghibat, backbiting, envy, jealousy, spite, malice, hatred. Hmm? Firing away, rapid fire. Hmm? As if no Allah is watching them, as if no Allah is going to ask them, what did you just write? Hmm? You must be very careful about all your use of this technology or media, whatever you call it. It's all like tongue. It's all like the tongue. Everything you will be accounted for. And then you, I should also, because it's very important actually, I must tell you this. If you're part of a WhatsApp group and somebody does ghibat on that group, if you don't say something against it, so in our deen, this is the hukum. If somebody does backbiting in front of you and you're a passive but willing listener, you don't do eras, you don't walk away and leave, or you don't verbally reprimand it, then you're also guilty of ghiba. Similarly, if you're part of that WhatsApp group and somebody says something like that and you remain silent, you are also guilty of ghiba. Yes, 100%. Neither do you leave the group nor do you write back reprimanding it. You don't even write back loosely that let's not have these discussions here. You're silent. You read it. You're also guilty. People don't realize this WhatsApp has made people engage in all types of other sins also. It somehow removes our sensitivity to sin. Allah hmm? One should even be more scared because words disappear in the air. This is text. It remains preserved. It should make you more scary. It should make you more scared. Hmm? You'd be amazed. I can't even share with you these things. You'd be amazed the type of things I've seen. Hmm? It's such a, it's a crisis. It's really, you can't even say loss of adab. It's a crisis. 
We are reaching as an ummah a crisis in terms of our adab and our akhlaq. Crisis. Hmm? Here, this is what happens and if you look around, you will see that this world, society, community, this is one of the biggest changes between us and Sahaba Ikram. This lack of adab, this lack of akhlaq, this lack of nasiha, this lack of rahim, this lack of loving for others, what you love for yourself, the whole list. And this is just one bayan. There's so many more topics and so many, many, many more ahadith. And the Surah of Abu Dawood is a very nice, long kitab al-adab. There are other things in there also. It's a very nice place to go if you want to learn more about this from the Hadith of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So much more. And so much more means there's so much more that's missing from us. <laughs> if we prepared a whole second topic on this, the only thing common with that topic and this would be that all those things would also be missing from us just like all these things are also missing from us. So we must make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we must make an effort also. We must learn these things. We must repeatedly listen, repeatedly try, and in our lives try very hard and practically to bring these adab and akhlaq in our life and try very hard, and it will be very hard, and try very practically to remove these bad adab and bad akhlaq from our heart and our character. Then we can hope for these guarantees. <laughs> A guarantee of Allah Ta'ala's mercy, a guarantee of Jannah, a guarantee of forgiveness. Become like that person who fasts all day, prays all night. Allah Akbar Kabira. All through adab and akhlaq, and this was just a window. And our ulama al mashaik have written entire volumes on this topic of adab and akhlaq in our deen. May Allah Ta'ala put all those volumes in our heart. May He put all the reality in our life. May He make each and every one of us a person of true adab and true akhlaq wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alamin make muraqaba close your eyes bow your head disconnect yourself from the world turn to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the depth of your heart make niyat ya rabb you said in quran fadhkuruni azkurkum i'm making zikr of you making niya intention and making zikr of you. And I ask that you do zikr of me. Send the nur of hidayah into my heart. And through your hidayah, Ya Rabb, inspire me to have good adab. Inspire me to have good akhlaq. Fill my heart with the feelings of the sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill my heart with all the good feelings, the husn of akhlaq. And Ya Rabb, I make niya that my heart is remembering you, that my heart is remembering your name, that my kalb is silently calling Allah, Allah, Allah. La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Thank Allah, 
ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم انت خير الراحمين يا رب اكرم بحسمني bad characteristics bad personality traits يا رب اكرم we're not careful with our tongue because we haven't been careful with our heart يا رب اكرم send your mercy on us forgive us for all the sinful characteristic traits that we have all the sinful things that we said all the sinful feelings that we have and ya rabbi kareem in these blessed nights of ramadan ya rabbi kareem just like these are the nights when you take the people out of the fire of jahannam ya rabb then take us out of the fire of our envy take us out of the fire of our anger take us out of the fire of backbiting take us out of the fire of hostility take us out of the fire of having bad feelings ill feelings towards others ya rabbi kareem we are drowning in these fires as well rescue us ya rabb make us envy free enmity free hostility free jealousy free backbiting free ya rabbi kareem put in our heart the same love for all mu'minin that you had in your intention when you said innama mu'minuna ikhwa ya rabbi kareem as you yourself know the reality of quran to be put that same reality in our heart put that haq in our heart make us such mu'minun again make us such brethren again make us such fellow believers again and ya rabbi kareem if any one of us or in any of our families there's any broken tie ya rabbi kareem help us to mend it ya rabb Let us mend our own broken ties. Let us help other mend their broken ties. Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us seek the barakah from our elders again. Let our elders be that source of barakah for us once again. Ya Rabbi Kareem, revive in our hearts and revive in our homes and revive in our ummah this whole beautiful system of mercy, this whole beautiful concept of adab and akhlaq. Start with us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Fix us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Guide us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Make us true mu'mineen. We also want this Kamal Iman. We also want this Haseen Iman. We also want to be Mahbub to you. We want to be Ahab to you. We want to get your Rahmah, Ya Rabb. Ya Rabbi Kareem, make it easy for us, Ya Allah. Get us the knowledge of Adab, the feeling of Adab, consistency in Adab, the heart of Ikhlaq, a heart of good character. Ya Rabbi Kareem, up to this day, anyone who we may have hurt, we ask that you forgive us. Anyone that we had envy for, we ask that you forgive us. anyone that we had doubts suspicions about we ask that you forgive us anyone that we had hostility towards we ask that you forgive us and give us tawfiq ya rabb to seek their forgiveness as well to patch up with them as well to make it up to them as well ya rabb kareem we want that sunnah that your beloved nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam described as his sunnah ya rabb take out all the ghish from our heart take out all the malice from our heart we also want that it should not be in our qalb neither in the morning nor in the evening and the grant us that clean heart grant us that pure heart grant us that honest heart it have become all of the adab and khuluq of that you have mentioned of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam and all his adab and khuluq that the muhaddisin discovered and all of his adab and khuluq that you alone know about him as you have the best and perfect knowledge of him sallallahu alaihi wasallam grant us all those adab and khuluq as well and with the nisbat of us being his ummah and the nisbat of being his ummati ya rabbi kareem make us his true followers grant us the warasat of his akhlaq the warasat of his adab ya rabbi kareem make us forgiving to one another overlooking of one another kind to one another counseling to one another having good will for each other mutual love for 
each other, mutual respect for each other, and yet it became, especially in the homes, put peace, love, harmony between the husband and wife, put mawadda and rahma again between husband and wife, put time, loving, affection, and mercy between husband and wife, that it became patch up all the marriages, fix all the marriages, mend all the marriages, end all the affairs, end all the indiscretions, have mercy, Ya Rabb, guide us, Ya Rabb, make this true, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we are untrue believers, you are our true Rabb, make us your true believers, Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us mu'minina haqqa, Ya Rabbi Kareem, and we ask that you patch up between the parents and the children, make the parents the best of parents, make the children the best of children, soften the hearts between each other, mend the hearts to each other, mold the hearts with each other, Ya Rabbi, we ask that you soften and the rivalries between siblings and the rivalries between siblings and the rivalry between in-laws Ya Rabbi Kareem put peace, love, compassion understanding in all of our interrelations with all of mu'mineen and in all of our interrelations with all of nas and in all of our interrelations with all of makhluk Ya Allah Ya Rabbi Kareem ask that you honor and accept any and all du'as in the hearts of all of those who are present in the hearts of all of those who are listening Ya Rabbi on this blessed night, on this special night of Itkum in Anar, this special night of Ramadan, grant us this wish, Ya Rabb, that we want to be pure, pure-hearted believers. Make us pure-hearted believers. Make us pure-hearted mu'mineen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, Rabbana takambal minna innaka anta samiul alim. وَتُمْوَ لَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ وَصَلَّ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَى حَبِيبِهِ سَيْدْنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ بِرَحْمَتِكَ يَا أَرْحَمَ الرَّاهِمِينَ آمين.